0: Hey, folks, happy Saturday morning rant. I got so much I want to talk about. I went to Brazil, as y'all know. I went to Puerto Rico this week. I had a, I had sort of a good and bad week. I mean, most of my weeks are like that these days. Um, but on the bad side first, so then I could get to some good shit. Um, this week, you know, I was shown some cease and desist letters that were sent to people I know and care about by organizations that I otherwise really dig, except clearly they want to use these lawyers to send these really nasty, like really menacing cease and desist letters. And y'all might think like, oh, well, that's just life. You know, lawyers send cease and desist letters all the time, except if you are in the criminal justice reform space and you're dealing with formerly incarcerated people, like sickening a lawyer on them is like the last fucking thing you want to do. The shit is hugely triggering for them. It means that they got to go out and spend a little bit of money they got to go hire a lawyer to try to defend themselves. And it just is antithetical to anything you say you fucking care about. But why should I be surprised? Literally, there's organizations out there celebrating things that I've given birth to without even fucking acknowledging me for it. Like funny how leaders who've never built shit are the first ones to be around running around, like literally claiming the ideas, the opportunities and the gifts that others bring to the table. But you know what they say, like, you will never be criticized by someone doing more than you. You'll always be criticized by people doing less than you. It's always the little people who are trying to pretend like they're fucking leaders out there stealing your shit, putting their name on it, and then fucking criticizing you. Like, that's just never somebody who's doing more than you. Never. And the thing about this cancel culture shit that exists in the criminal justice reform space is, like, literally, the better you are at canceling people is the more of a fucking hypocrite you are. And people see it. Like, your little bag of swag, your little t-shirts, your little sweatshirts, all that shit. Like, that's not stopping people from seeing who you are. They might take that shit. People ain't got no resources. They're going to take your little t-shirts. They're going to take your little sweatshirts and your little stuff, your little, your little mugs and shit. But that don't mean they don't see your bullshit. Like, they see you. The emperor has no clothes, bitch. Like, they fucking see you. So, look, that, that was like... That's like... That's the bad part of my week. The good part of my week is I had a chance to be in Puerto Rico with an organization... That i donate to that i support and i had a chance to see black leaders in particular grapple with the intersection of like healing and accountability um investing in people versus uh, versus being compassionate holding people accountable holding people responsible for getting their work done and at the same time giving them the tools to be able to do so i mean you got it's like it was just so refreshing to see an organization grappling with those things. And it's not that you're going to get it right. You're not always going to get it right, and I get that. But if you at least grapple with it, then that shows some level of like interest in living up to the values you say you care about. And that's the thing that I'm always grappling with. Like People articulate these values. And it seems to me like most people are doing it just so the funders can pay attention, so the funders can support them, so that they can be the next shiny new thing for the funders. And in fact, in the criminal justice reform space, in the nonprofit space, there's like, first of all, black is the new white. There's a lot of black leaders in place now. So it's hard to just point to white folks and be like, look, it's some racist shit. Except, as y'all know, black people could be standing up there carrying water for white supremacy. But there's all these sacred cows that you just don't fuck with in the nonprofit space. You don't disparage funders ever unless you like one on one and you fucking check the nigga to make sure he ain't got no microphone on. You don't disparage funders. You don't call out nonprofit leaders, black, brown. You don't say shit about them. Keep your mouth shut. You definitely don't call out black and brown people on their shit. You don't say anything, anything negative about the work. I remember years ago I was at the Ford Foundation. I was like, look. We should have a very public discussion about the challenges in the criminal justice reform space and how harm is being caused by formerly incarcerated people against other formerly incarcerated people. They didn't want to hear that shit. They didn't want to hear it. They were like, "Yo, you gotta, you gotta only talk about positive shit. Never talk about negative shit." And the truth is, the Ford Foundation is literally staffed by fucking thugs and lawyers. Like, there's some good people there, but for the most part. It's like any other multi-million dollar business. I don't care if you're black, brown, gay, straight, white, blue, yellow, orange. I got to call a spade a spade. That place is the most buttoned up, thugged out motherfucking uh, 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 foundation that I've ever seen in my life. And the the interesting thing is like they're the biggest. So everything trickles down from there. So if the Ford Foundation could sick their lawyers on you, then any foundation could sick their lawyers on you. If the Ford Foundation could blacklist you. Any foundation can blacklist you. If the Ford Foundation can decide that you're not the leader of the day, that's going to get shit. Any foundation can decide that, and every once in a while, the Ford Foundation will literally send an email telling other foundations, "Don't fuck with you," and that is it. You're fucking done. I don't care if you're formerly incarcerated. You worked hard to get into the nonprofit space and into the philanthropic space. One email from someone at Ford, and you're done. Like, and and they'll send it very subtly. They won't be like, I'm blacklisting this person. They'll be like, hey, just want to bring your attention to some of the behaviors of this particular lead. What they're really saying to all the other foundations is that nigga's done. Don't give that nigga no more money. And they throw around words like social justice, human justice, restorative justice. But it's all about brand. It's all about the brand. It's just like back in the days, I think the word was radical chic. That's what they are, radical chic. As long as you hang around black folks, black then it was Black Panthers. Now it's just what? Black Lives Matter and whatever comes next. George Floyd supporters. As long as you bring people like that into your space, you bring them on the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side. You bring them to Beverly Hills, places like that. You have them schmooze with wealthy white progressive folks. Boom, you've checked the box for your own legitimacy. Even if you're exposing people to the very systems and the very people who have benefited from the oppression that they're trying to fight out in the world doesn't matter doesn't matter what they do out on the battlefield battlefield what matters is that they come into these swank homes on the upper east and upper west side they sit down at tables with fucking six forks six knives and six spoons confused about what the fuck to do with all those utensils and they play the game of like nigga tell us about yourself i've literally sat at tables with nine white people i'm the only black person and they spend two hours telling me what it's like to be black in america and i'm sitting there like motherfuckers I can tell you what it's like to be black in America because I can tell you what it's like to be black in this fucking apartment right now tonight. Look, generally, the nonprofit space is pretty infuriating, infuriating. The nonprofit sector alone, which is supposed to be dedicated to social justice, dedicated to equality, often falls short, like literally not even providing fair and equal opportunities for black leaders. All these hurdles in place, all these challenges in place that black people in particular, face in this sector. I mean, while it's super disheartening, the truth is that it's also reflective, of, again, of the systemic issues that people are fighting with on the outside, except you come into the nonprofit sector thinking this is going to be the vehicle to get some shit done. Quickly realize you're in the middle of some shit that's created by government, the same government that has had you inside of all these other systems of oppression. So you got to figure out how to do the work within that container and still do it with integrity. And then to top it off, you got black folks now who have emerged into leadership and they're literally protecting the very system that they say they're trying to dismantle. Crazy. Talk about representation. I said there's more black people in leadership. They are, but many of them are just tokens. And I'm going to talk about tokenism in a second. The truth is there's not a lot of representation. Yes, there was the George Floyd moment. You remember him? George Floyd got murdered a few years ago. Y'all was like painting murals all over the place. Like as long as niggas kept quiet, y'all was willing to paint a whole bunch of motherfucking murals, and y'all was willing to make sure that we had... All this philanthropy flowing as a way to keep black folks chilling the fuck out. Y'all created the George Floyd Fellowships, the George Floyd Affirmative Action Efforts, all these different things to keep brothers quiet, keep sisters quiet. And now it's just a few years later. Y'all done folded these funds. Y'all done fired a lot of those folks. But there's some left. There's some black folks left. I recognize that. Some in leadership. Some are just big, fat fucking tokens. And I'm going to talk about tokenism. I want to get to tokenism. But the diversity and inclusivity and all this other shit it just hasn't happened. The, the space is still predominantly, you know, led by white leaders. And even where you see a black face, you got to, like, scratch the veneer and dig a little bit further, look at the board, and even look at the board. And if the board is not all white, then still, if there's black and brown people on the board, ask yourself, where did they go to school? How were they brought up? Where did they work? Who did they work for? What have they ever said publicly that put themselves... Uh, personally or professionally at risk. And if the answer is nothing, then you're still looking at white people. You're just looking at white people in brown skin, black skin, all these microaggressions, racial stereotyping, lack of mentorship, lack of uh, sponsorship, all these things exist in the space, including hostile work environment. Like these cease and desist letters, Sicking lawyers on people, trying to get people to disappear and, and just literally fade the fuck away, canceling people out by using all these law- All of that is hostile work environment. But you have this pervasive issue also of tokenism. And so the first bad part of tokenism is obviously you have all these symbols of diversity without having actually achieved any sort of meaningful and effective change. So that undermines the genuine contributions of black and brown leaders who want to come in to the nonprofit space and do the white thing. Do the white thing. That's funny. Let's talk about the ones that come into the space and want to do the white thing. So the tokens who love being tokens. So first, I'm going to talk from experience so that y'all don't think I'm just out here hollering about other people. When I was in the nonprofit space, 17 years of engaging that shit, the truth is I knew what the fuck was going on right like i tried to speak up i tried to push the envelope found myself often in trouble for doing so but it also didn't get lost on me why i was the chosen one light skin motherfucker eurocentric features articulate they love articulate that's like Big Teddy Bear. I'm gonna talk about Big Teddy Bear in a second, but he's articulate. He's a strong writer. He's well-dressed. You know, he's not a troublemaker. He can hang in a room with us. Like, he, he's not loud. He's not really angry. Like, I wasn't stupid. I had to do what I had to do to get into rooms room so I could raise the money to do the work that I really wanted to do. But the truth is that at least I fucking knew what the fuck was going on. And every once in a while, I would build up capital and then spend that shit. I'd get myself in trouble. I'd get my people in trouble. But at least I knew I needed to spend it. Whereas you got other people that get inside and they shut the fucking door and they make sure black folks can't get through that shit. Or they tell the funders, don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you which black people to give money to. I'm going to tell you which brown people to give money to. I'm going to tell you which formerly incarcerated people to give money to. You give me the $5 million and I'll disseminate it to them and I'll make them beg and fucking grovel to me and let them know I'm the one in charge now. Carrying water for white supremacy. That shit exists all across the criminal justice reform space. I think like 60 to 70% of leaders in the criminal justice reform space either very deliberately are playing this game or are playing it because they're scared to death of folks who are actually in charge. And that's what happens, right? Like if you are... Black, brown, formerly incarcerated And you now are the poster child For philanthropy And they're giving you the money And they're protecting you Because you're the negro that gives them legitimacy You're the negro that allows them to be like Box checked Gave money to those motherfuckers Then guess what Everyone else knows not to fuck with you Except there's a conversation behind the scene And in the hallway all about you People fucking hate you People know you're in the way And they're just scared And they don't know what to do about it I've seen it I've seen it and I understand why people don't wanna speak up because it can be a very scary place, particularly if you're formerly incarcerated. And as soon as you speak up, suddenly you're getting these really caustic, nasty, threatening cease and desist letters from these big law firms, Sullivan Cromwell, Schulte Roth, all these other big players that are providing pro bono legal support to nonprofits. But that is now being used by formerly incarcerated leaders to harm other formerly incarcerated leaders. And I'm not suggesting people don't do shit wrong, I don't believe in bad people, but I do believe people do bad things. I'm not stupid. It's not lost on me that people do things wrong. But people do things wrong in the criminal justice system, and you're saying they deserve a chance. They deserve an opportunity. Like, which is it? Oh, they don't deserve an opportunity when they're fucking with you. They just deserve an opportunity when someone else is the victim, when someone else feels aggrieved. But as soon as, you, as, soon as they're in the way of your leadership and your access to resources and your access to places like the Ford Foundation, now we got to get rid of them. Now we got to send them these letters that scare the fuck out of them and make it so that they never come back. Now we got to marginalize them. Now we got to send them back to the ghetto, right? That's what the fuck y'all are doing. And the shit is so obvious. And, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I think other people are going to come out the closet and talk about it because there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people coming to me telling me that what I'm saying in these rants is what they're experiencing day to day. So systems of oppression are durable, And they reinvent themselves right while you're trying to dismantle them. And they often reinvent themselves where black, brown, uh, uh, marginalized people are moved to the center. There's resources poured in. And now those same black, brown faces that were the strongest voices about dismantling the system have literally become the ones upholding the system. And that shit is fucked up. Anyway, you would think I'd be in a better mood hanging out in Brazil and hanging out in Puerto Rico. But don't worry, I'm going to some cold-ass fucking cities next in the rest of my travel. But there's nothing about the tropics and there's nothing about Brazil that softened me up on this nonprofit industrial complex bullshit. Like at Gem Trainers, I work with some of the most amazing nonprofits that are trying to do the right thing. Nobody's perfect. That's the whole point. None of us are in jeopardy of mastering shit. But at the same time, I also get a chance to see all these other nonprofits That I would never fucking work with Unless they decided they wanted to do the right thing But that are out there causing a tremendous amount of harm And y'all better hope I don't keep making money in real estate You better hope the real estate market continues to fucking deteriorate Because the better I do The more I'm calling y'all out Until we have a criminal justice reform space That matches the vision That people had in the beginning People who suffered with blood, sweat and tears To create the shit That now hugely benefits you That's all I got for y'all on this Saturday. I want to go enjoy the rest of my day. I'm back in beautiful Harlem. I love Harlem. I love New York City. I'm glad to be home. Nobody's going to steal my rainbow. And in the meantime, I hope the same for y'all. Y'all have a good weekend. Peace.